The Beacon, celebrating when God uses the unexpected to do the unexplainable. Well, good morning and welcome to The Beacon. My name is Jeff Blake and I am the co-host of Steve Woods. But this morning, Steve had some unexpected obligations come up. And so I'm blessed to, um, to serve Steve and his leadership on this program and step in and really invite you in what I trust is just going to be an incredible uh, conversation this morning with our guests. But just as a reminder, this is a, a program that we've um, that we've dedicated to the Lord that in, a, in a talk radio landscape, landscape dotted with politics and opinions. We want you to tune into a show every morning that will lift your spirits. And our vision on the beacon is for a radio show to celebrate when God is using the unexpected to do the unexplainable. And it's a show not about Phoenix Christian preparatory school, but it's a show brought to you by Phoenix Christian as we want to give an opportunity for individuals to share what God's doing in and through our community. And as a school, we're certainly committed to academics and, and life change in young people, but we're also a school committed to what the Lord's about. And one of the things that the Lord uh, is committed to and that is a, a pulse that beats through his heart and being is he's committed to justice and mercy and loving his children. And so this morning in that, we want to uh, draw some attention to, to that, some issues that, that may be happening in our community, maybe next door to you that you may be unaware of. And we want to we draw your attention to that. And to do that this morning, I want to invite Mary and Mike Burnridge to our, to our show. Welcome, Mary and Mike. Thank you very much, Thank you, Jeff. Jeff. Good to be with you. You bet. And we, we've got a show, and one of the themes that's going to emerge this morning is a show uh, dedicated to better understanding um, the struggle of the refugees who are all about us. Um, but as we do that, I want to take a moment as we begin the show and allow the listener to get to know Mary and Mike a little bit better. So let's Let's begin. Help us to know who you guys are, your story. You guys have been invested in our community for a long time. Thank you, Jeff. I, I, I'm going to let uh, Mary kind of take take the lead on this. She's she's kind of the pro at this, but just tell a little bit about uh, uh, how where she grew up and our family, and and then I'll fill in any blanks here. So I grew up in Dallas, Texas, my whole life. Uh, my dad was president at Dallas Theological Seminary. Uh, I grew up with three brothers, so I'm a tomboy. I love being outside. I love adventure, anything exciting that draws me out of the norm I'm drawn to. Uh, my mom entertained international students weekly, so they would sit in our home eating ice cream and pie, and I would hear some of the deplorable stories that these people have gone through in their lives. And I just started having a passion for the vulnerable way back in elementary school. When I was a senior in high school, my brother decided he wanted to go to India and he worked side by side with Mother Teresa in Calcutta. And his job was to drive the dirt roads of Calcutta and pick up dead bodies in a pickup truck and he would take them back and he and Mother Teresa worked side by side uh, preparing these bodies for burial and then Tim would drive them to the country and either bury or burn, him, burn the bodies. 
when he got back to the States and I heard all these stories, there was another time in my life where I became another seed was deeply planted that I wanted to serve and help these people. We moved to Phoenix in 1996 and my husband was pastor of Northridge Community Church in Cave Creek. And I had the opportunity to go to India twice and work in the same area where my brother worked. Um, it was called the Destitute and Dying and it's a big home where basically they're just giving um, dignity to people who are dying. And it was just an, an incredible situation that I was able to serve these people and the Lord kept telling me, Mary, you can do this here in Phoenix. You don't have to travel 40 hours across the seas to do this kind of ministry. So I came back and I kept searching and searching and I came upon several apartment complex that were just full of refugees near downtown Phoenix. And um, I worked with them through the Northridge Community Church. We would um, once a month bring meals, um, give clothes, but I just kept wanting something deeper instead of just giving uh, material possessions. I wanted to have a relationship with these people. I wanted to tell them that there's a purpose and meaning, give them hope in their lives. These people have so much PTSD from the war that they've been through. So um, I was able to meet a lot of these people and develop relationships. That's incredible. So you grew up in Dallas. Yes. Dad's leading the seminary. Yes. And mom's working with international. And something began to stir within you early on. Uh, an appreciation for the international population, an appreciation for those who who don't have what we do, um, whether it be financial or family support, strong governmental structural support, and God began to stir within you early on. And then um, your brother, older brother, younger brother? It's my older brother. Older yes. brother. And he goes off and works with Mother Teresa. I bet yeah. he had just lots and lots of, of stories um, watching her serve and even what, what he observed. In yeah, he was able to work um, even with the lepers, with the orphanages, but his main role was working with the destitute and dying. No kidding. And what was, what was the trigger point in 1996 to come to, to Phoenix? My husband accepted a role um, as senior pastor in Northridge Community Church. That's great. Well, let's let's talk about that, Mike. So you, Northridge Community Church is an element that brought you guys both to Phoenix. And I understand that you you both have quite a commitment and, and timeline with, with Northridge. We do. it. it uh, thank you, Jeff. And, and uh, uh, at the time, it was a startup meeting in a high school. And, and uh, so we we uh, we came in in. 96 and uh, we were pretty comfortable in Dallas and and uh, uh, you know Mary had lived there her whole life uh, uh, I spent my first 20 years in Chicago and my next 20 years 20 plus years in Dallas and then I've been here about 20 years I I tell people about every 20 years I move somewhere hotter and, and there's only one place hotter than Phoenix and I don't want to go there as a pastor uh, but but uh, uh, but what pride us out of Dallas a place we loved and a ministry loved was uh, the prospect of of uh, doing ministry in a city that is largely unchurched is people don't always think that, but if you look at 
some of Barda's research is Phoenix ranks right next to San Francisco near the bottom of, uh, of church. So we, we came here and did, did our second church planting and we did it for uh, uh, 23, 24 years. And then about a year and a half ago, Northridge took a huge step uh, and, and we, uh, we had grown to a congregation of about a thousand people and, uh, in a nice uh, plant. And we, but we merged in with uh, the church that sowed the original seed, Scottsdale Bible Church. So for the last year and a half, I've uh, served as a uh, uh, pastor of community engagement and, and I've done a little bit of teaching at Scottsdale Bible Church uh, here, here. So that's kind of what brought us here was, uh, and honestly, it was a little bit of a tug is, is uh, I tell the story about uh, when, when Scottsdale Bible extended the invitation, we, we declined three times over a six month period. And finally we sense what if God's trying to get our attention. And, and so uh, uh, for Mary, it was the first time she had ever moved. And so, uh, you know, it, it was another step outside of the comfort zone area. And especially for, for Mary and uh, man, we, we awoke a, a sleeping giant with her. Little did I know uh, that, that God was going to introduce us to some of the most uh, exciting adventures and most meaningful ministry. Uh, and, and through some of the, the work she's done with um, uh, internationals, both here and abroad as well. So, uh, so that's kind of how we ended up in Phoenix. Uh, the only thing I would add about our family is we've got, when we came here, we had two preschool boys and, it's, and a second, uh, second grade daughter and our, our kids are all grown. And, and so we've got two boys uh, who are both uh, pastors and then a daughter uh, and son-in-law who are attorneys. And about a year ago, uh, Mary and I joined the grandpa, grandpa and grandma club. And so we're really really enjoying this new season of life. Let's give a shout out to your grandkids out there because they're going to want to listen to grandma and grandpa on the radio. Absolutely. Grand, grandparents rule here. Yeah, that's pretty. Well, Mary, let's, let's talk about the sleeping giant. You know, it's a show, it's a show built on the idea of when God uses the unexpected to do the unexplainable and God, certainly through um, the commitment of your parents to ministry and, and serving and leading. And then, here you come to a, a community, Phoenix, again, identified here as, as largely an unchurched population, and God begins to build and do something within you and draw your heart to the refugee, to the refugee population. Let's, let's talk about the, the origins of that and how it's grown. I, after I started um, with the monthly serving, I broke off and I found a couple apartment complexes off the grid. Um, and I met this one lady from Rwanda that her apartment is the lighthouse of the community and God led me to her and we've become close friends. Um, I got down there every single Saturday. Um, I think they have, it's taken years for them to trust me, um, because a white blonde chick from Texas coming into their community. They're, they're not trusting people. And of course not because of all they've been through because my life looks so perfect compared to what they've been through. So when you so, say when you say off the grid, what how did you find that? And what what drew you to that? Just um, driving around and calling different um, apartment complexes and and finding out where most of these people reside and where the most vulnerable, the probably the poorest communities, the poorest apartment complexes, one by down by Grand Canyon University, where the refugees, they have a refugee program where they had served there. And of course, that has come to a halt with the COVID. But um, that's how I found a couple of them. Well, Just Mary, you, you, you get... 
you've given a really powerful image here. You know, I, there's a quote I love by Bernardo Clairvaux. He used to say that we are to be a feather on God's breath. Mm-hmm. And as I envision you organically listening, talking, searching, uh, you even provided there an image of you driving around in your mm-hmm. car and identifying mm-hmm. Uh, this community. So what I'd like to do is, um, as we lead into the next segment, you've identified um, an individual there from Rwanda, you've identified her as a light, and really a a point of connection. So what I really love is for the listener to stay tuned. We're going to unpack the story of this Rwandan um, refugee and her life, her impact, her impact on the people she lives with. uh, But even Mary, the the impact that she's had on you and her Mm -hmm. and her journey. And so um, you've tuned in this morning to The Beacon, and this morning we're, we're with uh, Mary and Mike Burnridge and their commitment to the refugee population. I want to encourage the listener to stay tuned and to hear more about the story of this Rwandan refugee. Thanks for listening. The Beacon is presented by Phoenix Christian, a school celebrating excellence in education since 1949. Learn more at phoenixchristian.org. Good morning and welcome back. My name is Jeff Blake. I serve as the superintendent of Phoenix Christian Preparatory School, but more importantly this morning, I'm blessed to lead a conversation with Mary and Mike Burnridge as we talk about the plight of the refugee and the opportunity for the Christian to respond, engage, and serve. And so what I want to do is we begin this next segment. We've used some terms like refugee. And uh, Mike, I'm hoping if you could help us uh, maybe um, refine the term a little bit, what is meant by a refugee, and help us understand uh, what's going on here. Maybe give us some numbers to begin to wrap our minds around what we're talking about. Yeah, thank you, Jeff. You know, it's a, it is confusing, and it's a uh, you know it's an issue that is spiritual, it's economic, it's political, it's all these things. But honestly, probably the best working definition uh, is to look at at uh, refugees and immigrants in the United States as people who have some things in common and some things that are not in common. And uh, the things that whether you're talking about an immigrant or a refugee, what what both those have in common is they they both were born in another country, but now reside in the United States. And so, you know, that's somewhere between uh, in in the uh, in Arizona, that's somewhere between 15 and 20 percent make up both those categories. of, of that's quite a bit. Uh, you know, about one out of six, one out of seven people were born in another country. So uh, they, they both were born in another country, but now reside in the United States. Second thing they have in common is they, they both face significant cultural challenges, uh, language issues, assimilation, adaptation. Uh, and the third thing they have in common is they both tend to have larger needs and lower resources than the general population. So that's what they have in common. But the refugees are kind of a, of a, of a uh, unique subset of internationals. And refugees tend to be those whose lives and safety have been endangered in their country of origin and have sought asylum or resettlement. Uh, because of an enduring threat in their lives on the base of their religion, race, politics, et cetera. So that, that's kind of the key issue is that uh, uh, what not all immigrants have had persecution, the threat of persecution, but all refugees usually have. So, so what that means is that subset of refugees have some unique challenges. Like Mary mentioned, they, they tend to have a much higher incidence of post-traumatic stress uh, disorder. Um, on average, uh, according to the, some of the websites, on, on, on average, 
uh, a refugee has after they've left uh, their their country where their lives and, and safety was threatened. They've lived in a, in refugee camps on average of ten years. So uh, they're kind of like the Israelites who spent forty years in in between. That you know that's unique to refugees. And then the last thing about refugees that makes them kind of a uniquely vulnerable population is that. Um, the government resources uh, are, are very generous, but they tend to run out very quick. And people don't realize that as most refugees, once they get resettled in the Phoenix area, usually between 30 and 90 days, their, their government benefits run out. And so there's a tremendous urgency to help them uh, move towards self-sufficiency. And it's where ministries and individuals and agencies come into, into contact and, are, and are, are incredibly important. So that's kind of the difference between a refugee and, a, uh, and, and an immigrant. Uh, in Arizona, just kind of lastly, it's it's uh, uh, we're we're 14th in the nation in population, so we're the 14th largest state by way of population, but we're the sixth largest by way of refugees that come in every day. So it's an it's an acute need that we have uh, kind of in 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 Arizona, and 80% of all refugees that come to Phoenix are settled uh, in. Uh, in, in, excuse me, 80% that come to Arizona are settled in Phoenix, so in the Phoenix Maricopa area. So uh, kind of a critical need for us. And every year it changes. Uh, most recently, the last three years, the number one uh, country of origin for refugees has been a country in Africa called the Congo. Uh, and so it, it changes year to year. Middle East are big, but uh, Mary has had the opportunity to get up front and, and all refugees are not alike. All immigrants aren't alike, but depending on the country they come from, their stories. And so she she could probably tell you a little bit more of some of the unique stories of some of the refugees. I appreciate that. And what is, um, what is the draw to the Phoenix area that makes it unique? You know, uh, with, with refugees, one of the things they look for, it, it's kind of like the principle of homogeneity. They know that there are uh, if there's a high Congo population, they think, well, maybe um, Congo immigrants and refugees can help other because there's language. So even in the apartments that Mary works with, uh, there tends to be a clustering, even in Phoenix, of people. So the fact that that we were early on back um, 20 years ago when the Sudanese refugees, the Lost Boys came here, uh, that was the number one population for a while. So uh, and there and, and we are the fifth largest city in America. So there are a number of of uh, agencies and nonprofits. Uh, so, you know, that's my guess as to why Phoenix is kind of, uh, and, and Arizona has become a hotbed uh, of, 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 for refugee and refugee ministry. You know, Mary, I thought I understood what it meant to be a refugee, but your this whole conversation is bringing me a recollection. I sat in my office a couple of years ago, we were enrolling a refugee family from Africa and the dad looked at me at one point, stopped the conversation and told of smuggling his family out mm -hmm. in the midst of revolution and journeying mm -hmm. down the center of a river um, mm -hmm. and then wrapping his arms around the family um, while a wild animal pursued them. And he would stay awake all night and um, I'll never forget that. Uh, mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and the blessing for us as a school to, and that family is still here and the, the children mm -hmm. are thriving and um, this is a really encouraging and convicting conversation. And so it really comes down to stories, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it does. You caught my attention when you referenced this woman from Rwanda. I'd love to learn more about her. Yeah, this is a lady that um, I met one of the apartment complexes, and she grew up in Rwanda during the genocide. The soldiers invaded her home one night when she was 13 years old, and she hid in the closet. And when she came out, her entire family had been beheaded. So here she was, a young child, 
not knowing what to do. And she lived on the streets for two years and uh, she was raped by a couple soldiers. Um, she went from the streets, um, found her way to a refugee camp through a forest, similar story, Jazz, through rivers, wild animals chasing her. Um, lived in this refugee camp for about 15 years and she had two children that were from rape. Um, but she's a lady that um, I've been able to meet and talk to and she's the light of the community. We have lots of activities in her home. She um, has reached out to probably 25 to 30 different women who are hurting and then had lots of needs and going through a lot of PTSD that we are working with and trying to get them through this horrendous fear and trials and tribulation that they're going through. You know, if I could just jump into is uh, this, this woman who's become a dear friend of Mary's over the years, you know, isn't it just like God that, that she goes through these horrible experiences and ends up in a refugee camp for 15 years, but it's there where she had an awakening of faith in Jesus. And it's also where she learned to speak up to five languages, which she uses to, to minister to um, all the w women. So she's basically Mary's translator and, and only God does stuff like that. He is, uh, even, you know, last week's show was about uh, a couple, both in a couple, both of them grew up in alcoholic families and now they minister uh, to that, to those, that segment of our population in our community That is exactly what he does. Yeah. Um, unexpected, horrific conditions and does the unexplainable. So, Absolutely. Here she is serving in our community. When we come back, I want to continue to unpack this story and other stories like it and provide the listener an opportunity if they're convicted and inspired this morning on how to respond. And so thanks for listening to The Beacon. We'll be right back. The Beacon is made possible by Phoenix Christian and listeners like you. Good morning and welcome back. And you have tuned in to a really amazing episode. Um, this episode is dedicated to not only to the story of Mary and Mike, uh, but the story of what happens when you're obedient and you see a need, you sense the, the conviction of concern, and you respond. And we, we wrapped up the last segment with a conversation uh, with Mary regarding the impact of a, a Rwandan refugee. And Mary, you used the term that she was a beacon in her community. Um, you mentioned, too, that she found, she, she discovered the Lord through an evangelist at a refugee camp. And how... Again, how long was she at the refugee camp before she's able to transition to the States? Uh, I refer to her as sister. She was in the refugee camp for 15 years before she was able to come to the United States. And just a, a horrific um, set of circumstances. And she has an encounter with, with the living God. Yes, he's here, and you uh, off air. We were talking about just her incredible obedience and sacrificially giving her life away. You bring over 
sustenance, food, supplies um, for her. And then she doesn't take it for herself. She divides it up. She does. When I take food over there, I've been doing it on a weekly basis during the time of the pandemic. And what they do is they divide it up into 10 different little piles. They'll count up the citrus um, for five or six grapefruits or oranges to be sure. And there's enough for each family. They get a big bag of rice and they take baggies and put them in baggies and give it. And she never saves any for herself. So I make sure there's enough for her left behind. And so Mary, one of the qualities about you without question is the def definition of humility, um, but to have the opportunity this morning to affirm, you see it, you saw a need, you responded, you gave your life away to our Lord. And in the journey, we live into the mystery of we find it. And so here you are serving sister, and but yes. she's, she's had a profound impact on you. How, how are you different? Yeah, she has just showed me that there's a lot of first world problems that I don't need to worry about anymore. I'm not worried about toilet paper. I'm not worried about paper towels or I just give it all to the Lord and, and it's given me more hope and faith in um, how these people have endured and survived. And I literally, my problems seem so small. <laughs> toilet paper. Yes, toilet paper. It was I a major crisis. <laughs> <laughs> the, the panic run we all made to Costco. Uh, yes, yes. Not necessarily <laughs> held in perspective. So, right. can you, I, I, Mary, if you could, you, out of this, there's a ministry that you've developed and you, you've given it saving women, serving women of all tribes. Yes, yes. Hear about that. It's a group of women and it's different every time I go that we go down monthly and we provide uh, different activities. January 1st, when the refugees come, they're all assigned. That's their birthday because they don't know, they have no birth certificate. So we had a great big American birthday party, which they had never experienced before. There was a couple of women who had babies. We had a baby shower. We um, do things for the kids. We go out and play soccer. We do crafts with the kids. Um, every holiday, we serve them and we bring them needs. We try to focus on their needs and not just not material possessions, teaching them how to clean, teaching them that a dead rat in the bathroom, no, it's not a pet. Yes, it is dead. Yes, we need to remove this with gloves. Um, teach them that black bathtubs, that is not okay. But who's going to tell them after they've gone to the bathroom in the forest for 15, 20 years? Um, how are they going to know how to use a sponge or how to use um, cleaners? Now, what's this about a, a pig? Yes, they. Um, there was a family that slaughtered a pig in their bathtub. Um, another family who dug a hole in the floor of their living room and um, they, you know, killed and cooked a goat, um, did laundry in the swimming pool. But it's just a cultural aspect that they need to learn. Oh, amazing. And it just, I want to draw the listeners attention to it just in case they missed it. Um, they don't know their birth date and the government assigns it to July 1. And January so here, Yes. January, no, January one, sorry. And so here you are throwing a birthday party for a group of women. Yes. On New Year's Day. That's, uh, yes. again, first world problems. 
and the knowledge of our birthday, something that we that we take for granted. Well, as we as we draw this segment to a close, we're going to I want to encourage and and hopefully the listener is inspired and that you stay with us for this final segment of the show in which we provide an opportunity on how to respond, how to get engaged and to learn more of, of Mary's narrative of seeing a need and meeting it. And so, again, we're inspired and blessed and grateful that you're you guys are with us this morning and drawing beacon, drawing our light and attention to this this need in our community. Phoenix Christian believes strongly in its rich history and bright future. Now equipping students from pre-K through 12th grade. Learn how you can help continue its legacy of Christ-centered education at phoenixchristian.org forward slash support. You're listening to The Beacon, presented by Phoenix Christian. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to The Beacon. You know, this, this show is all about celebrating when God uses the unexpected to do the unexplainable. And this morning, we've been blessed to sit and listen and engage with Mary and Mike and a couple from Texas that found their way somewhere hotter here in Phoenix <laughs> and found themselves unexpectedly um, in the company of refugees. And in that journey, have found their lives um, in, in places and directions and conversations I'm sure you unexpectedly never anticipated to have. But in living into the mystery of what it means to, to serve and walk with our Lord Jesus Christ, you found an abundant life uh, in giving your life away and an embodiment of that. And, and Mary, your, your husband affirmed you off, off air as, as an individual who saw a need and responded to a need. And in the journey, uh, the Lord met you and has blessed you in ways that I'm sure you don't even even have words for. So yes. on behalf of, of, of a school in which we try to in, in work really hard to inspire our students to be world changers, Mary, a word that we often use here at Phoenix Christian is that of, of living curriculum. That mm. When we, we hire faculty and staff, we're looking, our students may never have read Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, but they're going to watch the way our teachers and our coaches and our support team respond and live and act. And that, that's a living curriculum. And, and, and Mary and Mike, you're an embodiment of that this morning. And we're grateful for the opportunity to share your lessons and your story and your narrative. Um, Mary, I'd be remiss too if I didn't ask you to share maybe another story um, as, we, as we enter this last segment of someone who's impacted you or a, a story of conviction of the plight of somebody, a refugee that you've watched. One last story I would like to share. Um, there is a lady uh, that I met through sister, um, and she's from the Congo. She's only been here about six months, but the African men are extremely dominant. And the only way that she was able to retaliate to her husband was to do voodoo on him, which she did. And it, he ended up in the psych hospital for a month. So just, um, what goes on behind the scenes, it's a very messy ministry, but it's very well needed to walk along these people and just to show them the light, who Jesus is, and that we can help them walk along um, life in America and well, how things are done. Well, and even, you know, 
that's got to be mind-blowing and to the, the apostle paul's teaching and even our lord's teaching on spiritual warfare yes. certainly you have to read those scriptures with new and new and fresh eyes absolutely and absolutely dimensions that it's got to be shocking <sighs> yes yes it is a war zone and those they've come from a war zone but it's also a war zone here in america down in these complexes so just to have you know americans come to help them trudge through it and just show them there is an end to this journey and we can do it happily together hand in hand walking with jesus and each other and it all you know and on the, on the flip side of it on the on the spirit of light and the Lord that we serve uh, in that journey, there's a, I know in my own journey, I can often domesticate um, who I understand God to be and, mm-hmm. and the power of, and the power of the spirit, which when you've, when you've seen the dark side. Yes. Of those realities and the curtain is pulled back. Um, certainly an even greater trust on the dependency of the moving of the Holy spirit um, to lead and guide you in those moments. Yes. Invite the listener that's that's convicted this morning um, how they would get involved. Maybe a next step they would take, and what you you know you built your life and in, in, in service to our Lord around serving women of all tribes. Invite the listener if they're convicted and want to want to take another step. What would you recommend? I will share my email if anybody would like to um, contact me and um, any help if anybody would like to go down. Um, on a monthly or even a weekly basis to help out, I'd be happy to do that. You bet. Why don't you share that, and then we'll make sure that it's linked to um, to all the podcasts associated with this program and the, and where we post on on the beacon. Okay, it's all our family initials, so it's M is in Mike, M is in Mary, H is in Hannah, S is in Spencer, J is in Jordan at Cox.net. So M M H S J at Cox.net. You bet. We'll, we will gladly promote that and gladly, you. you bet. The, the, the whole function of this show is that we want to provide a higher mountaintop for which to proclaim what God's doing hidden in our city. Our God is alive. He's moving. He's active. And I just want you to know, Mary and Mike, this has been a blessed morning to sit with you. And Joy, I can see you've got some coffee in your hand there to sit and have <laughs> coffee and meet another amazing couple serving our Lord. As, on behalf of Phoenix Christian as an organization, we want to thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. It was a highlight. And you guys were great. I appreciate you making it happen and you've drawn attention to the refugee population. And we'll provide some additional resources on on our posting about how individuals can get involved. Okay. Thank you, guys. Thank Thank you. you. God bless you. Well, listen, one of the things that that we love to do in this last segment is celebrate and, and and cheer what God's doing here at Phoenix Christian Preparatory School. Again, the function of the show is to celebrate when God uses the unexpected to do the unexplainable. And if you would have asked us, heavens, even six months ago, that we'd be planning graduation ceremony and we'd even have it associated with a drive-in, never would have believed you. But here we are. Uh, Next Thursday, Phoenix Christian is going to be celebrating our promoting eighth graders and our graduating seniors with a drive-in graduation ceremony at North Phoenix Baptist Church. So I want to give a shout out to Pastor Noe, who graciously opened his parking lot to us, and Bethany Bible Church, who is graciously lending us their radio transmitter 
Um, and Pastor Mike, like to give you a shout out for that. And so those two ingredients are coming together along with a lot of unexpected surprises our seniors aren't even aware of as we prepare and plan for a, an incredible celebration of our graduating seniors in a drive-in ceremony. It's really gonna be pretty amazing. So I'd like to introduce a couple graduating seniors here. And I'm gonna begin with, with Ashley Felix. And Ashley, you've been on the Beacon before. I have, this is my third time. Third time on the Beacon. And Ashley, why don't you maybe share a little bit real quick, your role at Phoenix Christian. You serve, you serve in leadership here. So I've been attending Phoenix Christian for six years now. I had the pleasure of being student body president this year, and I honestly did not expect my year going this way, but I was very grateful that we still had first semester and a little bit of second semester to kind of enjoy the last year of high school and plan events for the students and make memories at the school. And we're still continuing to make memories now, but it's it's different environment, of course. Um, but I'm excited for the driving graduation. <laughs> I'm excited that you're excited about it. We're working hard on it. Now, Ashley, maybe just give the, give the listener a peek. What have classes looked like for you these last uh, five or six weeks of quarantine? So obviously we've moved to the Zoom environment. So our classes have been online and we've been interacting with our teachers and classmates uh, through a computer, through our phones, uh, whatever device is available for some students. And it, it's been weird, but at the same time, I kind of like it because now I don't have to wake up at 5 a.m. to get ready for school. I can just roll out of bed. <laughs> and, um, it's been really great. Teachers have been very supportive and understanding of the situation. And so they've been a little bit more lenient, but they've also been um, on our backs about it and making sure we're still getting our work done just because it, it is a little easier to slack off but at the same time it motivates the seniors to end the year well and so it's been a good experience so far that's great Ashley I know that one of the struggles I keep looking at the principals and saying the longer we're in this the more the couch you're going to swallow up these kids it's it's taken a lot of discipline from the student to make it work. Certainly the teachers have worked hard and we're very grateful. And actually I'm a little encouraged to hear that they're, <laughs> you said they're, you're, they're on your back. I'm encouraged to hear that they're pursuing you guys, but you know, hats off to the students. You guys have worked really hard to make it work. You're survivors, you're perseverers, and we're proud of you. Now, Ashley, um, life transitions here next Thursday. What's the next chapter hold for you academically? So the next chapter for me, I will be attending GCU in the fall, hopefully. Um, no lopes, lopes up. Yes, and I plan on studying business, and um, obviously, I have uh, my dreams of um, starting my own business. But I always like to keep my mind open to new things because, at the end of the day, it's not going to be my path; it's God's path. And so, I want to make sure I I have this attitude of wherever you take me, I will go. And so. I'm just excited to start college, start a new chapter, have a different environment than high school. And it's it's gonna be great. It's scary, but at the same time, it's life and it's super adventurous. Ashley, you're an inspiration. We're proud of you. Congratulations. I can't wait to hand you your diploma next mm -hmm. Thursday. And we're so proud of you. Now you've got Thank a you. you bet, my dear. You've got a you got a colleague here, Jeremiah. 
and Jeremiah, you were gracious and joined us this morning. You could be, well, I don't know where school day would have already started. You could be sleeping right now, but Jeremiah, you're with us. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so Jeremiah, tell us about you. How long you've been at Phoenix Christian? I've, ooh, I've been at Phoenix Christian for 10 years now, if, I'm, if I'm counting right. Since 10 years of trouble with Jeremiah. <laughs> fun times no i'm just kidding i love you and jeremiah let's talk to us a little bit about what have you been involved with while you've been at phoenix christian well i've been involved with phoenix christian i've been doing not as serious things as ashley with the class president but i've been involved with the sports teams and the theater program for all four years of high school you don't sell yourself short you're a very gifted <laughs> <laughs> You're a very gifted actor. And I think for the last 10 years, I've been watching you grow and thrive. And I know it was really um, an emotional experience uh, for Mr. Dad, our, our drama director, for you and Ashley both, who've been heavily invested in the drama program. For you guys, the, we were supposed to be in a spring production this year, right? And it got, got taken from us. Yeah, that's great. We were supposed to do one more play this year. What, what were you guys supposed to perform? We were going to perform uh, Murder on the Nile. It's like a murder mystery. So that was going to be fun. But we ended strong in the fall with an incredible production of Susical the Musical. Yes, that was, yeah. that was fun as well. That was Pretty amazing. Fun, actually. You bet. With, with a full you know, orchestral ensemble there. And Jeremiah, in Susical the Musical, who did you play? I was the cat in the hat. You were cat in the hat. Which you're, being, <laughs> you're being humble. You were the star of the show. Now, Jeremiah, you've, you've, uh, this, I, as, as with Ashley, I cannot wait to hand you your diploma next Thursday night. And Jeremiah, that, that will close the, the, this chapter of your life here at Phoenix Christian, concluding 10 years. What's, what's the future hold for you? I am proud to say that the future holds for me is I will be going to NAU next year to continue my acting, uh, dream i'll go up there for the theater major and hopefully one day i make it big time okay so so jeremiah there might be some talent scouts out there or some agents out there what is what is your dream what do you hope what do you hope what's your vision my vision is just take it step by step start learning everything i can even on and off the stage start learning like how i can be involved with acting environment in every way that i can so that even if i'm not getting a job i'm still like there learning let me give you a shout out you're an accomplished vocalist performer and all-around amazing young man and ashley we're proud of you we want to thank the listener for joining us for the beacon thank you to mary and mike thank you to jeremy our producer to learn more about phoenix christian visit visit phoenixchristian.org congratulations seniors thanks for listening